Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. All right, First Kings chapter three, third chapter of First Kings. Uh, we'll be reading to you from the King James version. First Kings chapter three, verse one. And Solomon made an affinity with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and took Pharaoh's daughter, and brought her into the city of David until he had made an end of building his own house, and the house of the Lord and the wall of Jerusalem round about. Only the people sacrificed in high places because there was no house built unto the name of the Lord until those days. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statues of David his father. Only he sacrificed and burned incense in high places. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon the altar. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David my father great mercy according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or to come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this that so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast thou, neither have asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thy enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy word. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. And if thou wilt walk in my ways, Keep my statutes and my commandments. As thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. 
and offered up burnt offering and offered peace offering and made a feast to all his servants. Then came there two women that were harlots unto the king and stood before him. And the one woman said, O my Lord, I and this woman dwell in one house, and I was delivered of a child with her in the house. And it came to pass the third day after that I was delivered that this woman was delivered also. And we were together there, was no stranger with us in the house, save we two in the house. And this woman, this woman's child died in the night because she overlaid it. And she arose at midnight and took my son from beside me while the handmaid slept and laid it in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I rose up in the morning to give my child suck, behold, it was dead. But when I had considered it in the morning, behold, it was not my son, which I did bear. And the other woman said, Nay, but the living is my son, and the dead is thy son. And this said they, both the dead is thy son, and the living is my son. Thus they spoke, they spake before the Lord, before the king. Then, then said the king, the one said, This is my son that liveth, and thy son is the dead. And the other said, Nay, but thy son is the dead, and my son is the living. And the king said, Bring me a sword. And they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, Divide the living child in two, and give half to one woman, half to the other. Then spake the woman who was the living child was unto the king, for her bowels yearned upon her son. And she said, O oh my Lord, give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. But the other said, Let it be neither mine nor thine, but divide it. Then the king answered and said, Give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. She is the mother thereof. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had judged. And they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to do judgment. First King chapter 3, verse 1 through verse 28. May the Lord add a blessing on the reading here and the doer of his word. What a chapter that goes from the depth in one sense into the height in another sense. We find here Solomon it enrolls to the throne to be king over the nation of Israel. He had no excuse for burning incense or doing sacrifice in high places because he had a testimony that was before him. We have people that live the life that came before us, and we choose to do just the opposite, we have no excuse. The Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, the only way it's going to set you free if you choose to receive the truth. If you don't receive the truth, then you can never be free, because it's the truth that makes you free. Solomon lived, was raised in the house of his father David, saw how David walked before God, saw how God blessed him, heard how his father repented when he did that which was not right or pleased in the sight of God. He saw how Nathan and Samuel, the prophets, that had uh, instructed David in the ways of God. But now here we find in this chapter that he's rolled to the throne that now he's going to do the job that was meant for the priest to do. We got to know our place. And once you know your place, you need to operate in the place that God has placed you. Because when you don't, that's the beginning of your demise. That's the beginning of your fall. That's the beginning when you began to walk contrary to the will of God. Now, because Solomon did this, and behind this, we find that God spoke to Solomon in a dream 
and ask him what is it that he would have for him to do. Solomon replies that I need an understanding heart to judge righteously over your people, for this is a great people, a people that you have chosen. Now, how can you do something so wrong in one minute and turn around and do something and ask for something so righteous in the very next minute? I heard my wife say many times, we do things by choice. We do things by choice. And I say this, whatever choice you make, make sure that you can live with those choices. Make sure you can live with the consequences that come behind it. Because behind every action, there's a reaction. The Bible says that when Solomon asked God for an understanding heart, that these words please God. To the point that God didn't only bless him with the wisdom or understanding heart that he had asked God for, God said that there would be no other man to rise up on the face of this earth that would be like him before or like him after he's dead and gone. His wisdom was spread out over all the face of the earth. And in one scripture, the Bible said that people came from far and near, even Bathsheba, came to see the wisdom of Solomon. And when she came and saw all that Solomon had did and how he had uh, uh, directed his house and his servants, she said that the half have not yet been told concerning the wisdom of Solomon. It depends on you and I what we want from God. Some people get there and pray and talk to God and ask for houses and land and prosperity. And we forget about the souls of men. These people that, they, that Solomon talked about concerning the judge rights before them, these people was God's people, chosen people, which means that these were souls. And we have to always try and put souls ahead of anything that's monetary value in this world. And when we do that and show God that we have a heart for people, then God will have a heart for you and I. And what the scriptures say, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. For he that ask it, receive it. And he that seek it, find it. And he that knock it, the door is open. And so it depends on, on your heart. The Bible says that out of a man's heart, there you will find his treasure. What is more valuable to you in this life? The souls of people or the things of this world? A soul going to live forever somewhere. But monetary good, how long will that last? It don't last long. It don't last forever. You might have it until the day you die. But once you're dead, those things can't do you no good. Those things can't help you. The songwriter said, let the work that I do, let it speak for me. Solomon did something very wrong that was out of his title to do, as per se. But yet on the other hand, he seeked God for an understanding heart that he may rule and guide his people in the right way. How many times have we prayed? How many times have we asked God for directions for our household, directions for our children, prayed for people, even if it was our enemy? Even Jesus said, he said, love your enemies. He said, pray for them that despitefully use you and speak all manner of evil you for, of falsely for my name's sake. Get that out of her mouth before she chokes. See, the thing about, the thing about this walk here the thing about this walk with God, everything go contrary 
to the ways of what the world standard is. And when you have to choose between the word of God and the standard of this world, sometimes things get kind of hard to make those choices. When you find people that's cursing you out, flesh want to curse back. When you find somebody talking about you and, and, and lying on you, what, what flesh want to do? It want to react back. And so Jesus said, look, don't act like your enemies. He said, look, if they hate you, you love them. If they talk about you, you pray for them. Everything with the Christian walk is contrary to the ways of this world. That's why you hear people say, you know, in the book of Isaiah, it says, not many people can walk on this highway. For this highway is a highway. It's a holy way. Yes, and not many people are going to choose this way. What did Jesus say when he had his teaching? He said, broad is the way, and many there be that go therein. He said, but this is the way of destruction. He said, but broad is the way. And narrow is the path that lead unto righteousness, and only a few are going to find that way. Yeah. Only a few are going to choose that way. Why? Because we don't want to give up right. We want to make ourselves be right, and we don't want people to talk about us. We don't want people to say things to us because we're a woman or we're a man, and we're going to prove to them who we are. You don't know who you're talking to. But Solomon chose... to do that which is right before God and be concerned about the people of God. And that's where our concern has to be. Look, what did he say? He didn't say, you did everything right. Come up here and enter into the kingdom of heaven. He said, you have been faithful. Not over everything, but faithful over a few things. And so this is where this is where our walk with God becomes so blessed when we decide that we want to do things to please the Lord. We may not do everything that's right, but when you remain faithful to the things that God called you to do, if you're a preacher, be faithful. If there's nobody there but just you, be faithful. And look, I remember we used to go out on the street corner. Sometimes I'd be on the street corner all by myself. But you got to remain faithful. If you're a deacon, be faithful. If you're a choir member, be faithful. If you're a choir director or a musician, be faithful. Because this is what God bless. He blesses faithfulness. faithfulness. I tell my wife all the time, I say it's not what we do on Sunday. It's what we do when we go out on Saturday to mission that God blesses us so. This is where your blessing comes from. When you have concern for the souls of other people other than yourself. Some people say that once I didn't ate, everybody didn't eat. Because all they're concerned is about me, I, and myself. Yeah. But here's Solomon. He's on the throne. He is the king. And people are supposed to be what? Serving him. But he's asking God to give him this type of heart so he can serve the people in the right way. Verse 7 says, And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father. And I am but a little child and know not how to go out or how to come in. He didn't kick pride aside. And he's, he, what, what the Bible says, He that abase himself, him shall God exalt. And he that exalt himself, him shall God abase. He's putting himself down before God and saying, Look, you didn't put me in a place over some great people here because these are your people. Now, was all of these people rich people? No. Was all of these people was people of standard? No. They had some, what Jesus said, we're going to have the poor with us always. So they had a lot of poor people there. They had people that was, that was homeless. There was people that were serving to other people. But what, what Solomon said, you got a great people here. You got some great people here, and I need to know how to go out and how to come in, how to judge righteously over these people. 
We're going to have to give an account, the Bible says, of our stewardship. Your stewardship is what God has placed in your hands. What do you think God has placed in your hands? The very first thing he placed in your hand is who? Those children. How good of a steward you being with the children that God gave you? The fruit of the wound is the heritage of the Lord. So God gave you something that his reward that he's asking you to take care till he comes. He said, occupy till I come. So how good of a steward have you been? What have you taught your children? How are you, lead, how are you leading your household? What type of example are you being to your household, to your community, to the people on your job? I remember Mother's Day when Pastor Dylan preached. He preached from the, from, uh, from the book of Proverbs concerning uh, the, this, this, what this was, uh, oh, but that was chapter 31 in the book of Proverbs. About the, about the virtuous woman. And everything they talk about this virtuous woman wasn't nothing about herself. It was all about her household. How her husband held his head up when he sat out in the gate with the, with, the, with, the, with the elders at the gate. How her children looked up to her because she, everything she did, she did it for her household. But you got people now, all they're worried about and concerned about is how they're going to enjoy their life. You got women that's doing things not to have children so, so they won't have to have their life tied up with children. I remember just a few years ago, this woman had fell in love with a man and this man didn't want children and this woman drowned her three children. Drowned them so she can have the man. Drove that car in a lake and drowned these three kids. Because she wanted the man because the children was holding her back. Now she don't have the man, she don't have her children, and she don't have no freedom. She's going to penitentiary for the rest of her life. So what good is it? What good is it for you to want to try and have your life and lose your children. You know, there's more than one way you can lose your children there. There's more than one way you can lose your household. You can do things not to tend to your children and lose them in the process of you trying to enjoy yourself. And she wanted to try and enjoy her life with this man she fell in love with. And the man put demands on her that he, he wouldn't mind being with her, but he didn't want no children. So she, he, she drowned them. She drowned the children. This is what happened when, when you get caught up in self. When you get caught up in self, you will do anything to keep up with the rest of the world. And while you're doing this and trying to enjoy you, you're losing your household. You're losing your children. Because guess what? Our children, they watch us. Our children is watching us. And as soon as you try and correct them, the very first thing they're going to say, well, didn't you do it? Or then you said, I, I, I got this from you. So those things will come back to haunt you. And the very first time that one of your children tell you this, what you want to do? You want to bat them in the mouth. We need to take example of what Solomon is saying here. It's nothing about him. It's all about the people of God. And so he asked God to give him an understanding heart. Not his head, but his heart. David said, thy word, O Lord, have I hid that I sin not against you. We got to get this thing in our heart. Is when you have it in your heart, it doesn't matter what people say about you. 
Doesn't matter who's at church, who's not at church. Doesn't matter who's singing, who's not singing. Long as you're in the presence of God. When David had failed, after he had sinned with, and, 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 and killed Uriah and took, uh, took Uriah's wife Bathsheba, and, and God pronounced judgment on him, when he went before, the, before God in the temple, he laid before God and said what? Lord, take not your Holy Spirit away from me. You got to understand and find out for yourself how important it is for you to be in the presence of God. Where two or three are present, he said, there I am in the midst of you. Look how important you are to God. Because they don't need a whole, a whole house full of people to come in and bless you, to come in and be a part of you. All I need is two or three. And we have to understand how important it is for us to be in the presence of God. You got people that, when, you, when, when they hear the Pope coming, People don't go to work that day. People fly in from different parts of the world to be in Italy or, or Germany or wherever that Pope going to be. Just last week, the, I forget where the Pope was at, and it was lined up all, all in the street. And they say that at, at, at every place that the Pope goes, he'll take a baby out of the crowd. And this woman, I believe she had came from somewhere here in America. And got on a flight to go to where the Pope was at. And just so happened, the Pope stopped right by her and took her child. And she thought that this was such a blessing. Now, is the Pope God? What the Pope is? He's just another man that represents God. But guess what? Guess what? How many of you are saved? And who you think you represent? So that don't make him any more than you. It's just a title he has. It's a title. He's just a man. But the woman was so enthused and so happy because this man took her baby and kissed the baby on the head. And she said, his baby's a blessed baby now. How in the world your baby wasn't blessed before he put his hands on it? Your baby was blessed when God allowed you to push him out of your womb. Why is it that somebody got to do special something special or touch your child for you to consider your child to be blessed? Solomon was concerned for the people of God. We have to get this same type of concern in our heart for people. Everybody's not going to like you. Racism is going to be here till we come till, till Jesus come back. I don't care what you do for people. I don't care how you act with them. I don't care what you give them. Everybody's not going to like you. But Jesus left us, the church, a commandment. Love. Love your enemy. <coughs> love one another. And how do, we, how do we show love? How do we love? We love by, by, by actions. We don't love just by words. We love by actions. Verse 10 says, And the speech pleased the Lord, that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor asked the life of thy enemies, but has asked for thyself an understanding to discern judgment. Now, <clears throat> let's be honest. <clears throat> let's be honest. Everybody that's been trying to hit the lottery. <laughs> if God would have came and asked you, do you want the numbers to hit them 300 and something million dollars? How many in here would have said, give me them numbers? Drop them numbers on me, God. Yeah, that's right. Be honest. You know, if he asked you one thing that you would ask of him, how many in here would ask God for to give him an understanding heart? 
that I could deal with people in the right way. And it's not many people going, look, let me tell you this. From Genesis, even Abraham, from Genesis, even Moses, from Genesis all the way to this point here, you never saw nobody ask God for that. Moses pleaded for the people when God wanted to, wanted to kill him and, and, and start over with him. Moses pleaded with him. The Bible said Abraham was the father of the faithful, but you ain't hear nobody before this. Ask God for to give him an understanding heart. When he had the opportunity to ask for the enemies, ask for money, ask for fame and fortune, he had a chance to ask for all of that. But, he, but instead he said, God, give me an understanding heart. Well, that would have been your first wish, good sister? <laughs> no, that wouldn't have been our first wish. That wouldn't have been our first wish. Now, because he asked for that, look how God's going to bless him. You want God to bless you? <laughs> you want your cup to overflow? You want your cupboard to never run bare? Look what God says. Because you asked this thing of me and didn't ask for your enemies a long life. I didn't heard my wife say, she told God, say, Lord, just let me live long enough so I can see my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. Ask for long life. And so God knows about people. He knows he know what's in the heart of people. He said, look, man, you ain't asked for no long life. You ain't asked to live a long time. You ain't even asked me for no riches. You ain't even asked me to kill your enemies for you. But you asked me to give you an understanding heart. He said, now this thing really pleased God to the point that there would be none like him. He said, behold, I have done according to thy words. Lord, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, but riches, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. He didn't only give him what he didn't ask for. Now, let me ask you this. What thing, let's be honest, what is more valuable, riches or honor? Huh? Who? In, a, in what, we, what we're speaking about here tonight, he, he told him, say, you're going to give him riches and honor. Now, what, okay, let me put it to you like this. Is, is Donald Trump a rich man? Yeah. M Multi-rich, yeah. right? Do he have honor? No. no. So which one, which one is greater? The money he got or the honor that he should have as the president of the United States? The honor is always greater. Because guess what? You remember, well, some of y'all don't know about it, but y'all might have read in the history book about what happened in 1933 when the stock market fell and they, had, they called this Great Depression. Well, even rich people in the, in, in the United States was in the soup line. Because all the banks and things collapsed. All the, all, the, all the markets, everything, it collapsed. They had nothing. The value of a dollar was gone. And even the richest people was in the soup line, and the ones that didn't go in the soup line was killing themselves. So what am I saying? Money you can lose at any time. But what about honor? Look, like I told when I was out in the street, they had this called Rainy's. I used to love to go in that lounge. In that lounge, it was like like you was out in, in Vietnam. Every time you went in there, somebody was getting shot, stabbed, cut, or, or, or some kind of fight went on in there. I couldn't stay out the place. 
I got into it with a guy, and I tried to shoot him in the place. And the bullet hit the ceiling. The man said, that's it. He said, look, I don't care how much money you got. Don't come back in here until you start acting right. Put me out the place. I couldn't go back in the ballroom. Put me out. And so what I'm saying, you can have all the money in town, but if you don't have respect or honor, everybody want to be bothered with you. Respect and honor can take you places that money can't. So he said, because you didn't ask for the, the, the riches, the, 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 and, and, the, and, and the enemy, the life, the life of your enemies, a long life, he said, I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for. I'm going to give you riches, and I'm going to give you honor. Now, he didn't have to place honor in there. He could have just gave him a whole lot of money. But he placed honor in there because honor is much greater than money. Honor gives you respect. It'll bring you before great people. Now, if you notice in the text, Solomon's saying that he's nothing but a child. He's a young man. That he then is, rose to be king over Israel. Now, he got to come before other kings of other nations and deal with them. Just like Trump, the president, had to go to them other nations. Look how he makes himself look like a fool. He has no wisdom at all. Everything come out of his mouth is foolish. And what that happen, what that make the, the nation of America look like? It, people here are embarrassed. Exactly. The people here are embarrassed to say that this man is their president. Since World War II, when America went to help France and Europe out when Germany was trying to take over Europe, Europe been the allies of the United States since 1945, since 1942 or whatever it was. And what the Europeans said, they're pulling out from America because they don't know if they can, if they can trust the words that their president said. Now, that's, that's an embarrassment. That's an embarrassment. This man have no honor. And so God said, I'm going to give you riches and I'm going to give you honor so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all that day. There ain't going to be a president that rose up on, uh, on, upon America. That Look, Obama was the very first black president of the United States. They talked about him when he was there, and now they're wishing that he was back there now that he's gone. What you say, Mike, when, they, when he came back to New York, they, they, they was like a, 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 like a rock star. People over in France wanted him to run for a president in another country. He wasn't even a citizen then. Look what verse 14 says, And if thou wilt walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David walked, then I will lengthen, I will lengthen your days. Now, you didn't ask for a long life, but this is how you can get it if you walk before me. And keep my commandments. You see, some of these people, not all of them, but some of these people be on the news that might be the mid over 100 years old. Especially if they're black. They, have, they, they tell you about how they had walked before God, how they walked with God, and how God had blessed them. And you see, some people say, oh, well, I, I ate this honey all my life, or I had these kind of berries or whatever it was that they ate or whatever. But in, but in essence, it's nobody but God that keeps us here. It's nobody but God that keeps us here. And you hear, you hear Sister Evans talk about Mabaletti and, and Yaya and all of these old people and, and, and Mother Kelly. Them people lived a long life. But those people serve God. They serve God. And you hear about, you hear her talk about how uh, Mama Letty's husband was a drunk, wouldn't come home, spent up the money. But that lady stayed before God. She labored still yet before God, and she continued to respect and love her husband. 
Look, nobody said that being a Christian was going to be easy. Do you see it anywhere in the Bible where God says it's going to be easy? He never said that this life was going to be easy. He said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you also. If thou, now this is not, this not an assurance. He's just saying, if. Now, if you will walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as that Father David did walk, then I will lengthen your days. Now, what are he saying here? Your life got a number on it. And when that number is up, you're going to leave away from you. He said, but I'll remove that number and lengthen your days if you walk up right before me. You hear old folks used to say you can, you can, you can shorten your days or you can lengthen your days. And you hear a lot of young people dying, a lot of young people getting killed. And how they getting killed? Living that fast life out there with them drugs. That was just on the news when last, last night where some people got shot up in, in some lounge. And you was telling me, say, how many people had got killed in New Orleans, eh? Got killed in one day. A weekend, that's two, that's two days. A weekend is two days. If you count Friday there's a weekend, that's three, three days. That's a lot of people. Huh? That's a lot of people. 18, that's nine people a day. That's averaging nine people a day. And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and offered a burnt offering, and offered peace offering, and made a feast to all his servants. Then came there two women that were harlots unto the king, and stood before him. And the one woman said, O oh my Lord, I and this woman dwell in one house. And I, was, I will deliver, and I was delivered to, of a child with her in the house. And it came to pass the third day after that I was delivered, that this woman was delivered also. And we were together. There was no stranger with us in the house, save we two in the house. And this woman's child died in the night because she overlaid it. And she arose at midnight and took my son from beside me while the handmaid slept and laid in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I rose up in the morning to give my child suck, behold, it was dead. But when I had considered it in the morning, behold, it was my, not my son which did bear, which I, which I did bear. And then one other woman said, Nay, but the living is my son, and the dead is thy son. And this said, and this said, No, but the dead is thy son, and the living is my son. Thus they spake before the king. Now, Sometimes our blessings is held back. And sometimes our blessing can come overnight. Now all of this happening in this one chapter that David, uh, that Solomon asked for to give him an understanding heart, when he woke up from the dream, the very next day, this situation arose to show him that God had been blessed him. That's something how tragedy can allow you to see God's blessings. Some people, children is born healthy and well. Now, how many people here heard what they call, uh, 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 no, not, not that. This stuff that's going on with this mosquito now. With the children being born with them behave. Now, the Zika. 
How long people been bearing children, especially in the South? Huh? And, and the South is plagued with mosquitoes because the South have marsh land, they have bayous, they have uh, uh, swamp areas, they have all of this, and that's the thing that breeds mosquitoes. But did we hear about this Zika some years ago? Nobody was worried about no Zika. You just had a set of twins. They're only a little better than a year old. You could have been bit by a mosquito and you could have got it. See, look, some people look for a blessing in all the wrong places. You don't have to contend with running back to the hospital, back and forward, because your child got some debilitating de- de- uh, uh, disease or sickness. Your child is not born with cancer, that this child is laying up in some children's hospital getting some kind of chemotherapy and you have to sit there with them all night. You, some people don't know how God didn't bless them. They're looking at the, at the grass on the other side of the street and can't see that God is blessing them right there in their own house. We go see this lady over in a nursing home. And this lady said, if she can just get up out that wheelchair and walk. Now, she used to walk, and she got pictures on the wall where, where when she was younger, or maybe wasn't all that young, much younger than she is now. And she remember all of those days. What happened? She had a stroke. She had a, something happened to her that caused her not to be able to walk. And she said, if she can just get up out that chair. What kind of food they feed her? Puree food. Mama be telling her, say that. When, you, when the doctor say you can eat better, say we're going to bring you some red beans and rice. Oh, yeah, please bring me some of that. Some people is asking for, to, to get stuff that we take for granted. And, we, and you don't know that that's a blessing. You don't know that's a blessing in disguise. They got a woman that's in the same room with her. Her legs move. Her legs can move. Put them out the bed, she can raise them, she can do all of that. But her, her bones don't have the strength to carry the weight of her body. And we get about the bed and we take that for granted. Just at the service Sunday, when we was out there in Willis, the deacon was doing his deacon duty with oxygen going in his nose with the, with the tank on his side. And we do it on our own. And fell out on the floor. And fell out on the floor. Right in the front of the, 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 the pulpit. We got to get we got to get to know what a blessing really is. We think that money and cars and houses and clothes and a good job and money, all of that may be a blessing. But what good can it do you if you don't have your health and strength? What good can it do you? Now, here, this woman here, both of these women, they both was prostitutes. They was harlots. They was in the same prostitute house. And they had babies all in the same night. And one of them was careless and overlaid the baby, laid on top of the baby and smothered the baby. The baby died. And when they woke up the next morning, they tried to swap the babies. And they began to argue about who had, who child was the living child. Now, Look how God allowed these things to happen in order for to show Solomon what kind of a blessing he gave him concerning the wisdom he had asked for. He allowed a tragic situation to happen to show Solomon that God had been blessed him and answered his prayer. Sometimes when things bad happen, if we can look at the bigger picture, you never know that it could have been a blessing. 
You never know. It could have been a blessing. And so now they are arguing about who the living child belongs to. And it goes before Solomon. And Solomon hears the argument in a court. And Solomon said, bring me a sword. And I'm going to cut the child in two. And I'm going to divide the children between both women. And the woman who, who, who had the living child threw herself in front of the child and said, no, don't slay the child. Give the child to this woman. She'd rather see the child live than to be killed and divided between them two. And so Solomon said, this woman is the, is the mother of the living child. Anytime this woman was willing to give her life for her child, Solomon said, this woman is the mother of this living child. And the one who, who had overlaid her child, she said, no, uh-uh. cut the child in half and, and divide him. It's when you're willing to give yourself for your child, willing to give yourself for God, God will bless you. No, she was willing to give her child up, but she went in front of the child so they wouldn't cut the child in half. And she said, give the child to this woman. And here you got people throwing children in the dumpsters. Throwing them in the dumpsters. Putting them in microwaves. Doing all kind of... I, I be seeing on the news sometimes where... A child was, was found dead, and, and the, uh, they did an autopsy. And the child had so many broken bones. Said that this child been being beat for a long time. How could a mother do that to her child? How could a human being, anybody, do that to a child? One child was locked in the closet. Then the king answered and said, give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. She is the mother thereof. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had judged. And they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to do judgment. Now, when they talk about fear, they're not talking about fear with the trembling. They're talking about the respect. They talk about respect. You know, when we was coming up, when I was, when I was young, when we saw elderly people coming down the sidewalk, we got on the side and let them pass. Nowadays, the elderly people got to get on the side and let the young people pass. And don't talk about if it was a preacher. Don't care what somebody might be saying about this preacher. If you knew he was a preacher, you showed him respect. You show them respect. And so this is the fear that they're talking about that the people had for Solomon. The fear of respect. Because they see that God is living inside this man. You remember the Shunammite woman, what she did when she saw Elisha passing by? See, I, I, I discern that this is a holy man. Let us build a, 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 a chamber so that when he come into the city, he'll have a place to lay his head. And when she had a heart to do something for Elisha, what Elisha did? Elisha did for her what she couldn't do for herself. Gave her a child. God blessed her with a child. It's how we serve people. How we show the love of God to people is how God will show his love and respect and honor in return for you and I. This is a very important uh, Important chapter here. It's showing you and giving you a recipe how to be blessed. The Bible says, think not on the things of yourself, but think on the things of others. We think too much about ourselves. And we don't consider other people. We sing all the time. 
in the church when we're picking up the offering, you can't beat God-given no matter how hard you try. For the more you give, the more he'll give back to you. So keep on giving, for I know it's really true. Even Paul said in the book of Corinthians, he said, God loveth a cheerful giver. Don't give grudgingly, and don't give of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. Oh, man, they're talking about giving money again, talking about paying time. Man, that, that's all they talk. When that time comes, what they said, this is the worship of giving, time for worship of giving. This is a, a way you worship God. What did Solomon do when he became king? He gave offerings to God, right? He gave offerings to God. And when he gave them offerings to God and made a peace offering with God, that very same night the Bible said that he had a dream and God came to him in his dream. And asked, tell me what you would ask for me to give you. The songwriter said, I was glad when they said unto me. Now, when you're in there, you're not just singing, you're not just preaching, you're not just praying. you also what? Giving. Every time the people of, of Israel went before God, they went before God with an offering. And they didn't just give God no anything. They gave God what, what God had asked them for. We got to learn how to give God what he asks for. You know, we want to be blessed. We want God to open up doors for us. We want God to do things for us. We got to first give God, and God will give back to you. Because you can't beat him giving. It can't just be a song we sing. It can't be something that we repetitiously go through in the church service. It got to be something that we got to put in our heart. These things was placed in Solomon's heart. They give me an understanding heart. And the Bible said that, God, that Solomon went before God with an offering and a peace offering and a burnt offering and a sacrifice. And in the very same night, God gave Solomon a dream and talked to him in a dream and asked him, what, you want, what would you ask for if I, what would you want if I asked you? He said, give me an understanding heart. And God bless him. That's the only thing God sees. When when they when they cho was chosen as king after Saul, and they went to Jesse's house, because Jesse's sons looked so big and powerful and handsome and all that, God said, Look, I don't judge like men judge. I don't look at the outward appearance. He said, I look at the heart. Yeah. And that's how we choose. That's how we pick. That's how we discern on what we see on the outside. But God is, searching, God is searching our hearts all the time. Anybody like to say anything? Any questions? 
I know there's some things that be said in the lesson that y'all hear, and I know how it, it have to touch your life some way, and y'all sit there and don't say anything. I know it have to touch you in some way, because this is life. That's what the Word of God is about. It's about our life. Let us stand. Our Father and our God, we thank you for your word. Thank you for those that came out. Thank you for those that called in to listen to the word. We pray, Father, that your word may find place in our heart that we send out against thee. Now, Lord, as we about to leave this place, but never from your presence, we pray that the grace and mercy of God rest ruling about us since for now forever. Let us all respond by saying.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.